They say there's no good news. No good there's news. no good news. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the No Good Podcast. I'm Misha Anai, a.k.a. No Good Writer, and I'm joined by my co-host, the anonymous K-9. Today we are here to talk about the crazy twist and turn in the case of the writer Jeffrey Scott versus Disney. So, let's get to it. Mr. Jeffrey Scott. Scott claims he owns the production Bible for the Muppet Babies. And for anybody who doesn't know, the Muppet Babies is a cartoon. It ran from 1984 to 1991. So this is a hit show. So Scott claims that he owns the production Bible, which that contains things like the show's setting, um, the child version of the characters, the entertainment and education material that was included in the show, the the blueprint for the stories. It basically is like the whole structure of the show. Now, Scott no doubt worked on the show. That's not even a question. Not only does he have developed by credits on the episodes, he also reportedly won three Emmys for his work on this show. Where the problem comes in is that in 2016, Disney started thinking about doing a reboot of the Muppet Baby show. So apparently at some point in that process, they contacted Scott. He met with the executives of the show. So according to the court documents, he presented them with detailed ideas about the new version's structure, its look, the characters, and even episodes. And according to him, both sides, him and Disney, understood that if his ideas were used, it would be under the same terms as when he originally worked on the original show, which means he would be credited and he would be working on the show. But of course, Disney went forward with the new version of the Muppet Babies without giving Scott two nickels to rub together, allegedly, or offering him any opportunity to work and be credited on the project. And that's exactly what I'm talking about when I say that freelancers are often like so scared to ask for things in writing or to get a contract because there's no reason that you're working on something this potentially large and you're working with a company like Disney and you're talking about we have an understanding. Both Disney and Scott are too deep in the game to be operating on understanding. There should be a hard form agreement. You agree with that, huh? I tried to tell him. So basically, Scott gave away all of that information. And when I say gave away, I mean literally because he did this alleged detailed work with no contract and no real opportunity to be part of the project. And that's the thing about a chick like me. You couldn't have gotten all of that out of me for free. Because if you come to me for a show that I have worked on for years, that I basically helped you create, you already know what I can do. You already know what I'm capable of. And you already know that I am capable of making this show a hit. So now you're asking me for ideas about the structure and ideas about the episode and ideas about this, that, and the other. 
I'm going to be asking you about my role in my money. You're a group of Disney executives. You're coming to me to just toss around ideas. Like who does that? Like, what do you want? Do you want something or do you want nothing? Because something is going to cost you something. I'm not sitting around with Disney to toss around ideas about a show that I've already done before, but yet we can't lay down anything on paper. We're operating on an understanding. I don't get mesmerized. I don't get starstruck by names. I've never once had an experience where I could walk into a store and buy something on the strength of somebody else's name. The name Disney doesn't buy me anything. The name Disney isn't gonna pay any bill of mine until it's on paper. Either I need a contract, I need a check, I need a transfer confirmation, something. Otherwise, the name Disney don't mean shit to me. I don't get it. This is a poor business decision. I don't know if he had any type of management or legal team or if he had anybody, just a a friend with good damn common sense involved in this process. It doesn't seem like it, but this was just bad business on his part because Disney knew what the hell they were doing. Him, on the other hand, he apparently hadn't picked up anything in his years of experience. I mean, just imagine sitting back and having to digest that afterward. You're sitting here pumping out all of this information, impressed with yourself, stacking up an empire that already exists, while you're going nowhere fast because you're not about your business. You're sitting over here like, oh, Disney's got me. How many people have to get burned? How many times do we have to see this same thing play out of people believing that, oh, some companies got me? There's nothing on paper. You're dealing with people who have mega empires. Contracts are what they do. But somehow when it comes around to your little arrangement, their paperwork shy, they got you. You're operating on understanding, being led by hope. Well, this is where it takes you. But anyway, so the new Muppet Babies goes on to be at least somewhat of a success. That also wins awards. He doesn't have any money, any credit in the deal, allegedly. So now it's 2019 and he decides to go register for a copyright for the production Bible to the original show. So I guess he's trying to show that he holds the roots of the entire concept. He gets the copyright. Once the copyright is registered, now it's 2020. He decides to go file a lawsuit for copyright infringement, breach of contract, implied breach of contract, and fraud. To summarize, the court documents say, quote, the thrust of the infringement claim is the Muppet Babies reboot infringes on the protectable elements of the production Bible. So he's basically saying by Disney doing a new age version of the Muppet Babies, they've infringed upon his production Bible, which he owns for the original version of the Muppet Babies, right? Okay, so Disney starts out arguing, you know, that not only was the Muppet Babies created by Jim Henson, but Scott didn't have rights to the Muppet Babies production Bible because the only basis that he could have possibly worked for them would have been a work for hire basis. So that's the direction that people are expecting this case to go. People are gearing up for a case that's centered around intellectual property rights. You know, they're expecting some kind of case law, some kind of precedent on how much protection and what rights are given to the creator of a production Bible. But this case veered off down a dirt road that I don't think 
anyone would have seen coming. Disney's lawyers went and dug up Scott's 2003 bankruptcy case and crushed him in court. Basically, they pointed out that in his bankruptcy case, he didn't list the copyright to the production Bible as one of his assets and that he doesn't own any copyright to the production Bible, that that would be owned by his estate and therefore not be his. So if you don't know how chapter seven bankruptcy works, if you file for bankruptcy, essentially what happens is your assets, the things that are of value, they're no longer considered yours. They go to a bankruptcy trustee. They're basically under the ownership of a custodian and your assets are divvied up to pay the people you owe because you're bankrupt. You have more bills than you have assets. So anything you have of value is divvied up and it's used to pay people in a certain order of priority. So therefore what they're arguing is even if there was a copyright that at some point was entitled to him, it would be the property of the estate. And as I said, things that are the property of the estate, they're basically the property of your creditors. You don't have access or control over those things once authority over them is relinquished to the bankruptcy court. And the thing is that there is a specific schedule in chapter seven cases where you're supposed to list out your patents, your copyrights, and any intellectual property. So Scott tells the court that in 2003, he didn't know that he owned copyrights to the production Bible or to any of the scripts that he wrote. But then he goes back and he tries to tell the court that he did kind of list the production Bible because he listed, quote, 25 story ideas among the assets. And he said that should have given the bankruptcy trustee sufficient notice that he or she should do more investigation into what those story ideas were, which is wishful thinking. But nonetheless, the judge concluded that Scott was contradicting himself because first he said that he didn't know that he owned the copyrights, but then he said it was part of the 25 story ideas. So it couldn't have been if he didn't even know he owned it. And the ruling pointed out that even if the Muppet Babies production Bible were a part of that 25, Scott has said that those assets have, quote, no market value. So the judge ruled that since Scott failed to properly schedule his copyright or any interest in the production Bible, then he didn't have a copyright or any interest in the production Bible. And without a copyright or interest to give him grounds for a case, the lawsuit was dismissed. The judge was basically like, if you don't claim to own anything, then nobody can infringe upon your ownership, sir. So Scott wanted the court to stay the case so that he could try to go back to the bankruptcy trustee and get the trustee to release interest in the copyright to him. And then he was gonna try to add it to the paperwork and then try to pursue on with his infringement case. And the judge was like, sir, sir, I understand you worked for Disney, but this is not Robin Hood. We are not going to put your case on an indefinite hold to allow you to run around on some type of paper chase to try to do something that it's not even clear that you're going to be able to do just because you claim you're the underdog and we're going to help you take down Disney. That's not the way the U.S. court system works, sir. Absolutely not. But... The judge was thoughtful enough to make it a dismissal without prejudice, which means that if Scott ever does get the whole copyright situation worked out, 
he can try again with the case. But that just goes to show what happens when you're sloppy with paperwork. This is a true case of chess versus checkers. Scott was playing checkers. Disney was lawyered up and was playing chess. So the moral of that story is take care of your paperwork, folks. Not throw down any old damn thing on any open line. Talking about some 25 story ideas and expect that someone else is going to go do the work for you. And don't allow these companies to hustle you because if they're avoiding the details, if they're not trying to be about the paperwork, most of the time, that's for a reason. And a lot of times the reason is that the opportunity you see is not the one that they see. So thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard here, please subscribe to the No Good Podcast. It's available on Amazon, Apple, Spotify, Google, and a number of other platforms. So you can listen wherever you like to listen. And if you'd like to show us some love, you will find our Cash App and PayPal details wherever you clicked into this podcast. As always, any and everything is appreciated. Until next time, folks. Peace.